Warrington Bible Fellowship. You're going to hear from each of our pastors this evening. We have uh, Pastors Juan and Nikki Reyes. They'll be doing our Advent candle. Pastor Keith McCullough will be giving us a message. And Pastor Zach Ritz will be closing the service. And for those who would like to go over to the courthouse, you'll be leading a group over there to sing a Christmas carol. So, so what are we doing here? We're celebrating, brothers and sisters, what theologians call the incarnation, the arrival of God on earth in the flesh. It's all part of God's plan. In order for our Savior to arrive here, Christ had to come. And in order for God's plan to work itself out, Christ had to die. In order for him to do that, he had to be born. And he did it all for us. And Christmas marks the beginning of that incredible story. And tonight marks the beginning of our observance of that. So it's the incarnation. It's the beginning of hope. It's hope for all those who call on his name. It's hope for the fact that our separation from loved ones is only temporary if we call on his name. It's hope that the futility of life has meaning to it. It's not to, to completely void. It's not futile. It, there's meaning and purpose to the things that we go through. It's hope that there's something far more glorious, far more rewarding, and far more beautiful than the things that we see gathered around us here. We celebrate that hope this evening. We pause in our, our year, we take a breath, and we begin to reflect upon it. We turn our attention to a little baby born a long, long time ago in an outside corner of the world. That little baby was the world's only hope. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise. And we give you thanks for the incarnation, the birth of the light of the world. Help us, O oh Lord, to bring that light with us wherever we go. Tonight, we stand together as messengers of that light. Father, we come from a lot of different backgrounds, maybe even a lot of different countries. Many expressions are, are in this sanctuary, uh, expressions of your beautiful gospel. Together, above all else, Lord, we are together and we embrace that light. We embrace that hope. May our unity extend beyond this holy night. May it flow out of this building into this town, maybe into this nation. Help us to care for each other just as your son has taught us by loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Father of light, by your grace, help us to praise you. May your spirit inhabit our praises and change our hearts that we might walk out of this building tonight changed having been in your presence. We ask all this through the one whose birth we proclaim tonight, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now we'd like to invite Pastor Juan and Nikki Reyes up to do our Advent reading. Good evening. Advent means coming and we light our first four candles. 
Remembering the hope, faith, joy, and peace associated with the coming of the long-waiting Messiah. On Christmas Eve, we light our last candle, the Christ candle. This marks the culmination of the promise of the coming Savior. The color white represents purity. The white candle reminds us that Jesus is the spotless lamb of God, sent to wash away our sins. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the lamb of God who takes away our sins of the world. John 1, 29. Christ is the sinless, spotless Savior. Those who receive him, though their sins are like scarlet, they shall be made whiter than snow. This evening, we celebrate the coming of our great Savior and King, even now as we wait with anticipation for his return. The word of the Lord from Genesis 17, 1 through 7. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout your generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. You want to stand with us? i 
Samuel 7, 12 through 17. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Till the Son of God a 
from Isaiah 7:14:9-2 and 9:6-7 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Nope. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of government and the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. 
Luke 2, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. song. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Hark the herald angels sing. <clears throat> Hark the herald angels sing.
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it has been told to them. Before you take your seat, why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for this evening.
Now, that's cute for the Redskins game. Oh, excuse me, Commanders game. I said give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Is he not worthy to be praised? He is worthy. Amen. You may rest in your seats. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray, dear Lord, that we use it in a manner that is pleasing to you. Father, as we acknowledge, dear Lord, the birth of your son, I pray, Father God, that tonight's service would be a sweet aroma in your nostrils. Father, it's in your son Jesus' name that I submit myself to you, to be used by you tonight, dear Lord, that the people would not hear my voice, but they would hear your voice. For it's only your word, dear Lord, that will make any change in anyone's life. Father, it's in Jesus' name, pray and give thanks. Amen. So it's good to stand before you here this evening uh, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. I have something shocking to share with you this evening. I have nothing shocking to say to you this evening. (laughs) Preachers spend a whole lot of time trying to make this message interesting or try to find a different angle to present the birth of Christ. But how much more interesting can you get than God wrapping himself in flesh? How much more interesting can you get than a woman being impregnated without material from another man? How much more interesting can you get than a baby born to be king being born in a manger? So if you came here for something shocking tonight, you came to the wrong Christmas Eve service. There's nothing shocking that God hasn't already done. I'm going to preach from a subject or a scripture tonight that was actually read beautifully by Malachi here this evening. Not the entire pericope that he read, but I'm going to take one verse out of that. And so in the midst of God doing God things, he went to the lowest of society with a grand announcement for all of mankind. He gave them good news that won't save you any money on your insurance, but it will give you assurance. Amen? It was a message of great joy for all people. And as a sign for the shepherds, they would need to go into the city of David to see the evidence of what the angel of the Lord was sharing with them. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger. The angelic choir began praising the Lord, and and the scripture from which we will draw tonight's message from comes from that praise. Luke 2 and 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is well pleased. And to quote Tony Evans, the angelic announcement of peace on earth repeated so often at Christmas time is not about quiet tranquility or merely the absence of animosity between people. It is a declaration of the coming end of hostilities between a holy God and sinful humanity through the atoning work of the Messiah, peace with God. 
end quote. I want to talk to you this afternoon, this evening, about the peace made possible by Christ. And I want to use the word peace as an acronym. And so one thing made possible by Jesus is the path to God, is the path to God. Mankind was separated from God by sin. And and while the sacrificial system was in place, it could not provide a permanent path for man to get to God. Jesus isn't a way to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? There are many ways that you could have gotten to Warrington Bible Fellowship here this evening. But there's only one destination that really mattered to you. If you put it in your GPS and you ended up at Mount Zion, you would be at the wrong place tonight. If you put it in your GPS and it took you down the First Baptist, you would be in the wrong place tonight. So there are a lot of roads you could have taken, but only one that would get you where you wanted to go. And Jesus is that path for those people who want to spend eternity with God in heaven. But another thing made possible by Jesus is engagement from God. Engagement from God. As great as it was, God's engagement with mankind didn't end with the birth of Jesus. As great as it was, God's engagement with mankind did not end on the cross. As great as it was, God's engagement with mankind did not end with the resurrection. As great as it was, God's engagement with mankind did not end with Jesus' ascension. God did something else for us. He sent us his Holy Spirit. And for those who have accepted the path, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We have engagement through the Holy Spirit as he convicts us. The Holy Spirit, he he regenerates us. He, He draws us closer to the Lord. He sanctifies us. He guides us. He teaches us. He anoints us. He releases gifts through us. We have this engagement with God because of what Jesus did. God can engage with us in a very different way because of the Holy Spirit. But here's another thing made possible by Jesus. It's the adoption by God. The adoption by God. So through Jesus, the heavenly adoption agency was open, and thanks be to God, it won't close until he's ready to close it. Jesus, he makes it possible for us to become adopted sons and daughters of God with all the privileges inherited with being in God's family. I like to think just because God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, I'm a pretty good shepherd because I got a cattle on a thousand hills, amen? I like to think that, but no cattle wants me to shepherd them. They would all die, amen. When we come to faith in Christ, our debts are canceled. We are given a new name. We are given all the rights and, uh, of an heirs that, 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 that God possesses. One difference from Roman adoption is that Christians are not adopted because God thinks they're worthy heirs. They're adopted because they're completely unworthy and only because of his grace. 
But here's another thing made possible by Jesus. It's our ability to take on the character of God. Our ability to take on the character of God. The primary purpose God has for all of our lives is to be more like Jesus in character and destination. And because of our adoption, we should take on some of the family characteristics, right? I know, fellas, maybe you you don't feel the same way I do, but if it's my child, I think at some point they should start showing some characteristics of their father. I got two of my sons right here. You can look at them and say they, they have some characteristics of their father, amen? But here's some characteristics that we should show from our father. We ought to be able to show love. We ought to be able to show mercy. We ought to be able to show compassion. We ought to be able to show holiness. We ought to be able to show kindness. Not just the people we like, but to everybody. There was a time when most of us, if not all of us, were enemies of God. He still showed us love, mercy, compassion, and kindness. To allow us to be crazy long enough and to stay alive long enough for us to be bought into the fold. Because of Jesus, people can see aspects of God in all of his true followers. But here's the last thing in our acronym. Because of Jesus, eternity with God is something made possible. Jesus makes it possible for us to go to the place that he has prepared for us. Jesus makes it possible for us to dwell with God for all of eternity. To dwell with God in a place where there will be no more death. To dwell with God in a place where there will be no more crying. To dwell in a place where there will be no more pain. Where there will be no more suffering. Where it was so magnificent that John could only use uh, elements to describe how beautiful this place is. But that's only made possible because of what Jesus did. The truth is, everyone will live forever. The question is, what will your address be? What's going to be your address? Which is why I draw your attention to the last part of verse number 14. The peace made possible by Jesus is only among those with whom God is pleased. So it's not for everyone. This is not even for everyone who comes to church, because even in church, everyone doesn't qualify. It's only available to those who have submitted themselves to God's kingdom through Jesus, who is the Christ. The peace made possible by Jesus is only available to those who have given God the greatest gift, which is themselves. Those people who have accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, as we sit on the eve of celebrating the the birth of our personal Savior, he is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. The question is, have you given him the greatest gift that you can give him? I don't care what you get tomorrow. It won't do more for you than Jesus. I don't care what you get tomorrow. It won't last as long as your relationship will with Jesus. But here's the kicker. I don't care what you give tomorrow. It pales in comparison to giving your life to God 
through Jesus, who is the Christ. As you stand to your feet. I know a Baptist preacher and he was done in 10 minutes. What? How is that possible? It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) Amen. As we stand here today, I don't take for granted that everyone under the sound of my voice has received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and say, am I supposed to do this or are you doing this? And so as we stand here today, again, the greatest gift that any of us can give to God is to give our lives through Jesus. So if you're here today, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, if you've never given your life, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, why not give him the greatest gift of all? Your heart. Give yourself to him. Because if you give yourself to him, then the peace made possible by Jesus will belong to you. Father God, you gave everything to us. Everything. There was not anything more that you could have given than to give us your son. Lord, what an even greater gift. Can't imagine. I would rather give my life than to give one of my son's life. No way, never would do it. You gave your one and only son for us. Father, now I pray that any who have not given their lives to you, Lord God, I pray that even now, God, they will surrender their life to you. All of their life, Right now, all of their past, all of their sins, Lord God, all things to you, that they might be reconciled to you. Lord, that they might come to know you and experience this everlasting life, this adoption, this new identity in you. And Lord God, if there's any here that have just wandered away from the church for years, and maybe this is the first time they've come back in a while, God, I pray that, yes, even they would return unto you, God just casting everything fully upon your throne, your throne of grace. Oh, Lord, I pray that even now, Lord, in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds, in all of our strength, right now, God, as your salvation, Lord, is placed on display and even dispensed, God, to us now, oh, Lord, may we just shout with everything within us, all glory be to Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Should nothing of our effort stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord just brings the house in vain, its builders
churches, but with one voice, giving all glory to Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Amen. What a powerful thing to witness here tonight and to hear even our voices sing with that one voice. Uh, Well, as this does conclude our service for tonight, there are a few things, few announcements before we go. Uh, One is this. If you would like to join us and kind of show that unity to Warrington, what we'd like to do is to go march over to the courthouse and to sing Silent Night, which is on the back of your program, okay?